What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Sammy. And Sammy, and welcome to Transform, your safe space to form the best version of you. There are going to be a lot of laughs, <laughs> and oh boy, a lot of tears. But we are so grateful to be alongside you in your journey to transform. Ooh, here we go. Let's do it. We are so excited to welcome our very first guest to transform, the amazing, the manifesting queen, Roxy Nafusi. She is a world-renowned self-development coach, an inspirational speaker, a manifesting expert, and a best-selling author. Her debut book, Manifest, Seven Steps of Living Your Best Life, I've absolutely read it, Sammy's read it, and it absolutely changed our life, and we recommend it to anyone who's trying to live their best life. Roxy is truly such a gift in both of our lives. We could not be more excited and inspired by her work and all of the big takeaways from this episode. I feel like TikTok makes us all think that we know what it means to manifest. But in this episode, Roxy really helps us understand the practice as such an important self-development tool. She dives into her personal journey about hitting rock bottom, how she discovered the power of manifesting, her daily gratitude practice that everyone can include in their day, why everyone is likely vision boarding wrong, and even how to introduce manifesting to your children. We knew we wanted you to hear from Roxy at the top of this year, knowing how much of a powerful mindset shift she can offer. It is truly such an inspiring chat, and we are so excited to introduce you to our girl, Roxy. I am so excited to dive into this episode and just feel so honored to have the beautiful Roxy in front of us. You are someone that I find so near and dear to my heart because you were such a big part of my healing journey, such a part of my journey of falling in love with myself, finding my self-worth. And I did that through picking up your book. And I did that almost two years ago now. And now to see you in person and have you on the podcast, as well as have you a part of form, which I know we'll tap into, but it all started from a little DM that I sent you. And (laughs) I remember it so perfectly of sitting on a plane and just being like, Roxy has truly changed my life. And I think I was like watching one of your stories and I was like, I feel like I just need to message her and let her know. And I feel like I need to ask her if she would want to potentially do something together because I knew 
you would impact this community. And then I sent the DM and here we are. We're, we're creating magic together and I'm so excited. You could even say we manifested <laughs> this moment. Aww. We manifested it. So thank you so much for being here. We're so, so excited. Oh, that means so much. It honestly does. And it's so funny because I had been following you since lockdown and I found you early on in lockdown and became absolutely obsessed with you. I was doing your workouts all the time. I was obsessed with watching your stories. I was like, this girl, Sammy, she's so amazing. And so when you reached out, I was so excited. And it was an immediate yes, because it was, I feel like we're so aligned. It was such an authentic collaboration. And obviously meeting you as well, Sammy, your team have been so lovely. And you all just kind of radiate this warmth. And it's been such a pleasure to work with you guys. Mm. I love that it was such a full body yes for you, because for Sammy to even extend that out, it was because we were feeling it too. And I think that is just pure alignment and us just within those frequencies that I love that you talk about and even learning all of your practices through Sammy and now myself in reading your book and having you on the form app as of January in our January Jumpstart program with your affirmations. I do just have to say, I've never listened to affirmations in my life. I had heard of them. I had heard people have really amazing positive experiences with them. And I was genuinely just excited to try it. And I started Jan 1 in our program listening I have made it a non-negotiable in my morning routine. Mm. It sets my day up for success and not to start crying on the mic immediately, but I'm sure there'll be tears today. But <gasps> my grandmother actually hurt herself yesterday. Oh, and thank you. And when I was talking to her, I actually felt myself using so much of your language that has been such a gift to me, mm. to her. You are strong, you are capable, you are loved, you are supported, you are enough. Mm. That's beautiful. And I'm just so grateful that now our community can hear so much of your story beyond just the huge impact that you've already had in both of our lives. Yeah, and I have to say even the fact that you're saying that to your grandma, I actually learned about you from JT, my fiance. He got your affirmations before I did. No way. Yes. That's so funny. I also, even when we released the form January Jumpstart, the amount of guys that actually messaged me saying, I love Roxy. Really? I know why they love Roxy. (laughs) I'm single. I'm just putting it out there. (laughs) I'll give you the list if they're good. We always joke, by the way, that no one ever slides into my DMs. Drew yesterday, she was like, I still can't believe no one slides in. I was like, I don't think self-help is that sexy. Well, it's sexy to the men I'm talking yeah. to, so stay in LA because I seriously was like, this is so cool that you're just reaching so many different people and mm-hmm. inviting them into this conversation of wellness in a way that maybe doesn't feel so woo-woo, which mm-hmm. I think wellness can feel that way. So seeing these guys stepped in, I was like, Roxy's on to something. But I think I really want to tap into, I know we're going to go into so much of your story and how you got here. How do you actually define manifesting? I think it can have this woo-woo energy it can have these like TikTok energy going on of, you know, mm-hmm. just say you want the person it comes. So how do you define it as the manifestation queen? <laughs> so manifesting is using the power of your mind to change and create the reality you experience. Mm. And Can you say that again? Yes. So manifesting is using the power of your mind to change and create the reality that you experience. 
And to me, manifesting is a self-development practice. It's a way of living and it's a life guide. And uh, to manifest literally means to make it happen. Mm, Wow. Mic drop. I love that you say it is this lifestyle Mm. because, you know, if I just thought I was going to become something great day one when I listened to one of your first affirmations or once I finish your book, that doesn't really give so much of the fruit to the process. Mm -hmm. So as the manifestation queen, can you walk us through what you do in your manifestation practice throughout your lifestyle of it? So not just, you know, the one affirmation here, but like truly Mm -hmm. day in and day out, how are you showing up in your manifesting? So I obviously created these seven unique steps to manifesting. And so Actually, it's kind of a good question. It'll be quite nice to talk about because when people ask me about the steps, one of the things they they often say is, do you do these steps in order? And the answer is, (laughs) and the answer is, uh, no, you're not doing them one by one. You're doing them all together, all the time, simultaneously. And each step is feeding into the other. So what I'll do is, I guess, for some people who haven't listened to the book or read the book and they don't know the seven steps, I'll kind of give like a top line and then how I incorporate that into my daily life. We might be here a while, so strap in. Okay, so. I love it. We'll chime in. <laughs> we'll want more. So maybe a while could be days. <laughs> okay. So step one is to be clear in your vision. So essentially you can't get to where you want to go unless you know where it is you're headed. So This really is about that initial clarity in your goals. It's knowing exactly where you want to be, but more importantly, who you want to become. And I think that's almost the most important question of manifesting is who do I want to become? Who is my highest self? How do you find that out? Like, what if you don't know who she is down the line yet? I think that all of us, if we close our eyes and we imagine our best selves, we can see them. So sometimes I say to people, try to describe your higher self in five words. So it might be for me, it will be somebody who is confident, someone who is energized, someone who feels motivated, someone who feels content, and somebody who feels full of gratitude for life, you know, Mm. so has that real, like, adopts an attitude of gratitude in everything that they do. And that's me at my best. That's my higher self. I love that it's the feelings that you're describing, like how your dream self feels. Yes. Well, absolutely. Because I think that... It's actually really important for some people who don't know. A lot of people will say to me, I don't know what I want. So I feel like I'm stuck at the first step because I I can't figure it out. You might not know what you want, but you definitely know how you want to feel. Mm -hmm. And so we can manifest a feeling. But once you start the process, goals will start coming to you. So I always have little goals that I want, you know, things that I want to manifest. And so the way that I incorporate that into my daily routine is that I always fall asleep to a visualization meditation. So our brains are the subconscious parts of our brains are most susceptible at three times of the day as we're waking in those like first few minutes as we're falling asleep and when we're in a meditative state. So these two points of the day are really important. So for me, I'll use affirmation meditations as I'm waking up or if I'm in a meditative state, which will automatically be on the ones on the platform because I'm taking people into that state. 
And to fall asleep, I'll listen to a visualization meditation. So that's kind of, for me, something that I do every day. And I'll create, you know, once a year, I'll do a vision board. And that for me is like, as well, how I practice step one, but it's not an everyday thing. But the visualization meditation is. Then we move on to step two, which is remove fear and doubt. And this is really the, this is the inner healing required. Mm -hmm. And this is the most important step of the manifesting process, because we can only manifest what we subconsciously believe we are worthy of receiving. So I'll say it again, that we can only manifest what we subconsciously believe we are worthy of receiving. And this is what makes manifesting such a deep and healing practice because it forces you to look inward, to heal your trauma from your past, from your wounds, and actually unleash the most powerful and and confident and self-loving version of you that can exist by learning to process and let go of those insecurities, those limiting beliefs and those, Mm. you know, feelings of not being enough. Yeah. Within that letting go process, just because I do think so much of us have that trauma in common. It's a common thread that looks different for everyone. But how have you let yours go to be the shining star that you are today? You know, it took a really long time and I'm still on the journey. But every six months, I say I go through like a rebirth or Mm. a huge up level. The first thing I ever did was to listen to affirmations. And this is why it's so important to me. So I learned that we could reprogram our belief systems because we have this amazing thing called neuroplasticity, which is our brain's ability to form new neural pathways through repeated thought and action. And a belief is just a thought that has been repeated so many times that it becomes so. So I found out that if you would sit and in this meditative state, either as you're falling asleep, waking up or in this meditative day and you listen to positive affirmations being repeated, your subconscious would start to take it in. And the more you did it, the more you would start to believe it. And this seemed like really easy. I was like, okay, I don't have to do anything. I mean, I can basically just fall asleep and I'm yeah. changing my belief system. It's like system. nap time. <laughs> I'm we like, love that. great. I wanted that quick fix at the beginning, you know? <laughs> so that was my first step. And so still now using affirmations, both listening to them and using them to replace negative thoughts is a really key part of helping me to change that belief system. But I also am incredibly committed to deeper inner healing, whether that's inner child work, with therapy, counseling. And I am constantly looking at my behavior and my reactions to everything. So mm. why am I being triggered by that? Why is this pattern of relationships in my life? You're like a Where witness to yourself. Yeah. And it's that self-awareness that mm. really is the starting point for everything else. I don't accept things as they are. Yeah. How does someone, when you talk about manifestation and kind of starting to believe these things that you are trying to change in your mind, which I love that you bring the science into it because I Mm -hmm. think someone stepping into it really raw might be like, I don't believe these things. So how am I supposed to do that? So Mm -hmm. I think that gives such hope that it actually can be changed and nurtured in such a beautiful way. But what if someone does not have this self-worth or even for yourself, was there a time when you did decide, okay, I'm going to start this manifestation, but you were at this moment of, am I worthy of these things that I'm even saying to myself? And how do I actually start to believe them? Oh my God, I had like minus self-worth. I Mm -hmm. was repulsed by myself. I have always, up until the last few years, hated who I was. And I was convinced that everybody else did too. I felt... What did that look like on a daily, not to cut you off, but I feel I feel that in my heart. Mm. And I feel like I know people around me that feel that. And I also feel like I've had moments of that with myself. Mm. So like, what did that feel like on a daily for you? Just deeply, deeply sad and really lonely. 
And drugs for me for the whole of my 20s was this enormous escape because I'd have a line of cocaine and boom, you feel confident all of a sudden. And that's what was so addictive for me was that I knew it would give me that kind of false confidence. But of course, you come crashing down on the other side. And I was, I have been depressed Oh, I was um, obviously no longer thanks to manifesting. It's why I'm so passionate about it. But I was depressed for my entire life. I mean, since my earliest years, I think at the time I didn't know that because there was still such a stigma around mental health. And there was no way if somebody had said to me, you are suffering from depression, I would have admitted that. I think I would have felt really ashamed of it. But on reflection, without doubt, that's what I was suffering from. What was your earliest memory of those feelings? Oh, I mean, I can I can remember being a very, very, very young child at five or six, just like wandering around my house on my own. I was so lonely, just feeling so sad. I was doing some inner child work the other day and I remember looking in the mirror probably about seven and being like, you are so ugly, you know. So and that stayed with me. And it was just and in my 20s, it was just this overwhelming sadness and loneliness and feeling of hopelessness. And so I know that if I can now be in a place where I feel so confident in who I am, then anybody can do it. And I and I truly believe that. I'm speechless. Thank you for being generous and sharing that with us. And your story is such a blessing to hear because of all that you've done for yourself now and all the gifts that we get to receive through that experience. So thank you for being oh, generous and sharing. Thank you. What yeah. do you think it was about? And I know we're going to continue the steps, mm-hmm. but I just have so much questions to yeah, like yeah. what you just said. There's so much depth to that and so Mm -hmm. much honesty and love. And what do you think it was about manifestation or that time? Were you at a rock bottom that manifestation just came at the right time and it hit for you? Because I feel like, you know, some people try yoga or they try different things. What was it at this moment that that really worked? And why do you think it worked for you? So... It definitely was a rock bottom. And what had happened was, so throughout my 20s, obviously, I was suffering from addiction. I had no career. I I wasn't making money. I had nothing, really. I was completely lost. But one thing that I had as a consistent throughout those years was yoga. So Mm -hmm. I did Iyenga yoga, which is much more specific. And it was because I'd started just because I had a really bad back, but it became my safe space. And I used to just cry on the mat all the Mm -hmm. time. But I kind of, it stayed with me. And you know, when I was in this time, just for context, you know, 21, I went to my first NA, which is Narcotics Anonymous meeting. And I didn't give up until I was just over, you know, nearly 28. So there was a long time where I knew I was an addict, but I wasn't able to like truly give up. But I would always try things, you know, I'd be like, this is, I'm, I'm going to go, I'd often go on a retreat. I'd be like, I'm going away for a week and, you know, then I'd come back and then a week later I'd binge. But one of these times, it was in April 2018, I decided I'm going to go on a yoga teacher training course and maybe I can make a career out of yoga. So I didn't know what else I could be or do. And I thought, okay, well, if I go away to Thailand and I do this, it's a month, 200 hours of yoga, meditation, you know, no access to any of my vices. This will be the turning point in my life finally. And obviously before I went, knowing I was going, I just went on a massive binge, you know, and just really fucked myself up for a while. Got there. It was incredibly hard you know a lot of stuff was coming up for me and it was a really challenging time but I met this monk actually Mm. and this monk read my palm and he said you have a fork in your palm and that means you are 
only like these very wise people have them and you're here to teach. And I thought I was going to teach yoga. So I was like, oh, great. Well, I am. I want to teach yoga when I'm home. Looking back now, I see it was for something else. So I got home. I landed back in London. And that night, a friend of mine said, do you want to come to my hotel? There's this art dinner tonight. And I was like, yeah, sounds fun. She said, okay, come meet me. And it was about four o'clock and she racked up some cocaine and she said, do you want a line? And I was like, yeah, go on then. Mm. And then I went out that night and I went home with some like people, some random guys. And then I carried on on my own that whole day, met a friend for lunch, carried on going. I don't think she ever knew I was high. We went out that night. I went home with somebody. And then 48 hours later, I remember feeling at rock, rock bottom because I was like, oh, shit. Like it didn't, it didn't work. That yoga teacher training didn't work. Nothing is going to save me. And so I called a friend of mine, Sophia, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I feel like completely hopeless. And she said, and she is, she is quite spiritual and woo. And she said, oh, babe, don't worry. I just listened to this great podcast on manifesting. You should listen to it. And I was like, oh, fuck it. Like, I'll try anything. So I listened to this podcast on manifesting. and Which some, one was it? It was Lacey Phillips on Love Alexi mm. in 2017. And something about it just... I think what what it was, was that Lacey had kind of said in this podcast that it was about your self-worth. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, I have no self-worth. So I am manifesting, but in the wrong direction. I'm keeping myself stuck where I am. And then I went home and started researching the practice. And I... And I wasn't just researching manifestation. I was researching, I I basically delved into self-development as a whole. And I think that's actually really important to say, because as I then continued to come up with my own manifesting practice and my own seven steps, it wasn't because I had been researching the law of attraction or manifesting. It was that actually I immersed myself in self-development and healing. And what I understood from it was that everybody was talking about manifestation. They were just using different language. And so manifesting for me became the umbrella and everything else just sat underneath it. I love that you're calling that out because even in Sammy and I's conversations coming into this conversation, we feel like we've been doing a lot of the work, not all of it. We're learning so much through you, but just kind of calling it something mm. different. And I really urge everyone listening to this who has heard manifest and maybe rolled their eyes a bit to kind of reframe their mind and think about this as such a self-development tool, like you've said. Mm. Think through where you want to go and who you want to become. And your experience and your journey is a beautiful example of what that can lead to. That was step two. So what's step three? (laughs) So step three is align your behavior. So this is all about taking action. So I always say you cannot think your way to success. You know, there's no amount of positive thinking that is going to magically, you know, attract something into your life. You do have to go after it and be proactive. And I think that is one of the misconceptions about manifesting. And it's why people can be quite cynical about it because, Mm -hmm. you know, there is some people who think, oh, if I just think really hard about it or I make a vision board, then you you know, it's just going to come to me and I just don't buy that at all. I feel like that connects to the self-development too, is when you start to do the manifestation work, which is the self-development work, stuff starts to come up and you feel like, 
okay, I don't want to go towards those actions, but those are like the juicy actions that are actually going to continue to take you towards your manifestation dreams. Definitely, definitely. And this step really is about, I always say that, you know, step two, remove fear and doubt. You're coming to it with this real feminine energy. It's really Mm -hmm. about nurturing yourself, reparenting yourself, giving yourself that compassion and space to heal. Whereas step three really has this more masculine energy. It's really about forward momentum. It's about being proactive. It's about self-discipline, self-respect. And it's also about how you treat yourself day to day. So I believe that the universe is always listening to what we're saying, what we're thinking, and it's always watching what we're doing. So it's really seeing how you treat yourself. And that is really showing the universe how worthy you believe you are of receiving. And so actually our daily habits, our daily routines, it's a really big part of the manifesting process because what it's saying is I believe I am worthy of love and respect, Mm. you know, because I respect myself enough to commit to my exercise, to commit to eating nutritious food, fueling my body in the right way, setting healthy boundaries. You know, everything that we do actually, you know, influences how powerfully we manifest abundance into our life. And that's why I think this is something that I live and breathe. You know, how I show up, how I make every single decision matters. It's not something, you know, people often say to me in interviews, you know, it's one thing somebody reading this could do every day. And I'm like, mm. there, is, there isn't one thing you can do to manifest. You know, it, you, it's a full practice. Wow. I mean, exactly where you're with when working with form, because it truly has been that organic connection of taking care of yourself, which we're so passionate about. Mm-hmm. What is number, I think we're on four. Step four is overcome tests from the universe. And so this really is about how you deal with challenges, obstacles and rejection and how you show up to them. And I always say this is my favorite step because this is the mm-hmm. step that really helps me deal with the ups and downs and ebbs and flows of life which will come for all of us and no one is immune. But since discovering this practice, what is different is that, let's say I get rejected or, you know, I have a period of time where I'm feeling flat or low or things are coming up for me. I no longer feel hopeless in those times. In fact, I know that there's an up level on the other side. So I know I'm just going to wait it out, do what I can. And there's a reward on the on the other end. I need you to go deeper into this because if I'm going to be so transparent, I was just talking to Sammy about this the other day in the car. And I said, gosh, sometimes this healing journey and this self-work can feel really hopeless. Like Mm. I I sometimes feel like I'm getting somewhere and then boom, something else hits me. And I'm like, can I catch a break? Or Mm. I look at people in my life that I love so deeply, a family member, and I'm like, will they ever change? I do not know. Or is this hard? Is this work? Are they able to do it? And I, and I feel that sense of hopelessness. And Mm. I truly feel like your affirmations have been such a strength Mm. as well as the universe supporting myself and my family. If I also really think that by me doing this work, it's actually trickling down to everyone around me. Mm. But what are the ways that you kind of help that hopelessness when they are diving so much into this self-work? Well, In my second book, Manifest in Action, I have two sections in there. One is called Rock Bottoms and Leveling Up. And I really like talk about, you know, specific examples of when I've experienced it. But what I then ask people to do is there's this exercise in there where I say to people, okay, I want you to see this for yourself. I want you to see for yourself that after every hardship or challenging time, there is a reward on the other side or there is a reason for it. And so what I ask people to do is think back to times in their lives where they've faced challenges, where things have gone wrong, where things didn't work out the way Mm -hmm. they wanted to. And then I ask them to then reflect on the time after that where they went 
thank God that happened. Yeah, it is such a blessing. Every little bit of life, especially the hard times, are so defining of the mm-hmm. beautiful moments. And I think even for Sammy and myself in our transformation journeys and our manifesting journeys, I'm so grateful for all the hard times because it makes the destination that much more beautiful and that much more worth it. And for anyone listening to this who is in the middle of their journey, what are some of those like really tactical? I know we all need to read your second book, Manifest in Action. But what are those mindset shifts or maybe an affirmation we can remind ourselves in the moment where we're feeling so much challenge and not giving ourselves enough grace? I think that reframing perspectives is like the number one thing you can do for yourself. Mm. So no matter what happens in a day, we always have a choice of how we view the experience. And this is something that I trained myself to do naturally now, but at the beginning was a real conscious effort. So let's say somebody sends you a text and it makes you feel anxious or it makes you feel stressed or you feel like they're being... Me literally today. (laughs) (laughs) You think that somebody's being off with you or that, oh God, this is a sign. They're not going to want to work with me. It's not going to work out. I ask people to, with every instance where you're getting that feeling of stress, of worry, of anxiety, of feeling like you have, you know, your limiting beliefs are coming out. What's another perspective you can take? And think of three alternative scenarios. And there's always there's always multiple scenarios, okay? So it could be that person that emailed you was having a bad day. They're really busy. <laughs> no, those hit. But they hit, right? It's true. It's, it's almost one of like those. we it's need to those. get out of our own way a lot of the time. Like truly reframing it and getting out of our own way yeah. is such a gift. It's totally. And so it's yeah. everything is a reframe. One way that you can reframe is taking the lesson from it. So, okay, this didn't go right. What can I learn from it? What can I do differently next? time. And in that sense, you just give yourself back your power, you know, and this really Mm -hmm. is about getting into your personal power. And otherwise, you're constantly giving external situations and other people all of your power so that they determine how you feel day to day. And so what I encourage people to do is just to take that back and you you control how you feel and how you react and what perspective you take on it. Wow, I feel like I need a t-shirt. What would Roxy do? (laughs) (laughs) We all need that t-shirt, a bumper sticker. (laughs) But I feel like that that all connects back to that self-worth. If you're having someone else direct your life, you're not going to have the self-worth because you are just taking intake from everyone else of what they think you should do, what you're feeling. And mm-hmm. so connecting to you actually being in that power, what a gift for everyone mm-hmm. to step into this year. So I, mm-hmm. I love that you said that. Yeah. I think we're on step five. Let's hit it. Step five is embrace gratitude. Mm-hmm. So gratitude is just one of the most incredible things. Like practicing gratitude is transformative. It's life-changing. Even if you did nothing else, but you just incorporated a gratitude practice into your life, you would see a huge shift. And there is so much scientific research to show that practicing gratitude helps with sleep, anxiety, depression. You know, even there's that Dota Spencer experiment yeah. where he asked participants to practice gratitude three times a day for four days in a row, and he found that their immune system strengthened by 50%. And so I think this is really powerful because what it shows you, and I think actually is really important when thinking about form and the fact that you do now have these affirmations, mm-hmm. you know, alongside it, is that the way that you think 
is affecting not just how we feel, but our physiology, the way that our body is reacting and behaving. And, you know, I always say when I'm doing a workout, every time I'm doing a workout and I feel like, shit, this is getting hard. I'm like, I am strong. I can do mm. this. It's kind of, it's so powerful. But you do, you actually change how your body starts to respond. Like it can do more. And there is actually an experiment where they ask two participants to carry weights and the participant group that are saying, I am strong, I am strong, do carry considerably more weight. So, you know, your subconscious is always listening to the language that you're using. But yeah, you know, practicing gratitude from a manifesting perspective is there. So my mum describes it perfectly. So she, she used to say this phrase to me growing up in Arabic, which translates to for every thanks you give, you get a thousand in return. Mm-hmm. And like nothing kind of describes it better. And it's, it's interesting because I'd completely forgotten about it. And I only remembered it when I was writing the second book. And I was like, oh, she's always been telling me this. And what it is, is gratitude puts you in this abundant mindset. Okay. And it gives you this feeling that you already have enough. And such a big part of manifestation is being able to sink into this abundant mindset, this feeling that there is enough success, happiness, and love for everybody to go around. And so I always think that when you focus your attention and all the good in your life, life gives you more things to be grateful for you know it gives you more good things and you attract it back to you so there's tons of different gratitude practices that I have in my books but even as a team you know after summer did you guys you probably didn't but but we had a quiet summer and we haven't had I mean my business has been flying since I began you know it's been so fast and for summer we had the first ever period where it kind of slowed down a bit and I was like hmm I was like, I'm in a funk. We need Mm. to get out of this. So we started a daily gratitude list. At the end of every workday, we would just write down a little list of every good thing that happened. And I, Mm. I swear to God, within a week, the opportunities that were coming through again was unbelievable. And now we just do it as a weekly thing where we on our group WhatsApp, everybody from the team writes down everything they were grateful for, every little achievement, everything we oh, did. We're so we're feeling and you have to. The abundance has been extraordinary. And I, wow. I genuinely believe it's because of that tiny shift. You know, it's interesting, even in hearing you share that as a team, I think back to a point in my life when I have been at my lows and mm-hmm. I'm actually thinking back to my high school self, which is years and years and years ago. And I remember feeling really low, not having a lot of confidence, really searching for identity and not finding much of it. And I actually remember in my journal where I would write my homework for high school, writing down every day something that made me smile that day. And my, you know, 16-year-old self was talking about the cute boy who, you know, (laughs) waved to me and maybe asked me for a movie. But I think that practice is something so simple and can hit anyone at whatever stage of life that they're in. Yeah. I feel like it allows you to kind of have that abundance mindset of you actually have so much already Mm -hmm. and to really nourish in that rather than I think with social media and just the world we live in, we can look so much outside of ourselves of they have that or I want this, but really actually harnessing everything that you do have so that yeah. so much more can actually come through. Yeah. And I think what's really important for people listening, because what often happens is when people start gratitude practice, they'll do, okay, I'm going to write down three things every night. And they usually do the same things. My health, my family, my yeah. house. And it gets a bit boring and repetitive and then they stop doing it. They they forget about the practice. And also it, 
it doesn't really put you in that abundant mindset when you're just kind of reeling it off and there's not really that depth and feeling and meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. And so what I encourage people to do is do daily gratitude practices where you're actually writing down every good thing that happened each day in chronological order and looking out for the small moments of joy. Mm -hmm. So it's not these massive things. Of course, we all feel grateful for our health, you know, if we have good health. And of course, we feel grateful for, for those big things. That's kind of more of a given. What we're actually looking for is how can we find gratitude in life's small, simple pleasures? Oh. Okay, this morning, you know, I woke up a bit fed up because I've been waking up since 4, 4 a.m. for the last nine days. I'm not going to lie, guys. Oh, I, was, I was like, I, I woke up at three this morning and I was like, no, I'm so sick of this jet lag. And I felt a bit fed up. Mm-hmm. And I went for my morning Starbucks and I was just waiting for it. And I looked out the window and I like gasped. I was like, the sunrise was so mm. pink and beautiful. And I was like, oh, and it put me back in. So for me on my gratitude list tonight would be, you know, the sunrise. I love that Starbucks in the US, they put your sweetener and splendor in for you. That is on my gratitude <laughs> it's a simple list. Pleasure. It's the simple <laughs> pleasures. I'm like, what a treat. You don't have to mix your own sweetener. Okay, those <laughs> coffee lids are like my arch nemesis. <laughs> Wait, why? What? I can't figure them out. Wait, what do you mean? But they put the lids on for you here. <laughs> okay, they treat you like, like a queen. Not every Starbucks. <laughs> Royalty at Starbucks. <laughs> You're going to have a nice Starbucks. No, that is something to be so grateful for. But yes, I just, I feel like me and lids are just not homies. But I love that you're saying to notice all the simple things. And I've even, you know, Sammy and I both chose a word for 2024 and mine's actually gratitude. Mm. And I think it's because my 2023 was really hard Mm. and it forced gratitude. Mm -hmm. Like I really had to go there and like find the little things like the little bird that flew by my window Mm -hmm. that made me think of my mom or whatever Mm. it is. And finding that place of gratitude and just to be grateful and how that really does release us of so much Mm. anxiety. And I actually think that when we call it out, it can be this really positively contagious effort. Mm. I'm almost wondering if we all need to like share our gratitude list on social media because every day it's almost when I'm catching up with my friends, my family, my partner, it's so easy to say the dramatic Mm. thing, the not so fun aspect of the day, because it's the tea, it's the drama, Mm -hmm. it's the gossip. But if we were to all share maybe the three to five things, the little things Mm -hmm. that maybe we all even have in common that we can all pay more attention to, I think that should be like a movement. I love that. I'm the friend that literally my friends make fun of me when we go on trips. I'm like, what is your intention here? And they're like, Sammy, (laughs) get out of here. Like we're over you. But I feel like even starting with that gratitude moment of, you know, I'm thinking of all the trips we've been on and maybe it's been a crazy travel day and we lost bags and you know, the whole thing, like actually having that moment of, Hey, what are we actually grateful for in this moment? Gratitude is 100% contagious. I actually almost like laugh with my team. Like half my team have flown out with me and we are so like, we're just going around like, isn't this amazing? Oh my God, I love this. And if one of us says something negative, the next thing will be like, yeah, but wasn't it great that this happened? And, you know, we've all kind of encouraged, we're almost encouraging each other to be like that. And actually not in an annoying way. Like it feels really authentic. And I think we have just had this really good influence on each other. Yes. Whereas then you almost don't want to be the person moaning because everybody else is being so grateful. And that's good because if you're not, you know, I say, and again, in Manifest in Action, I'm like, stop moaning because Mm -hmm. we're, do you use the term moaning in America? (laughs) In a different way. Are you Right. <laughs> what does it mean? Moaning's like sexual. Uh, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> Moaning's like, Sammy, give us one note. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I, I'm such a prude as well. I'm like so British. I'm like, oh my God, delete that from the You're episode. You're like moaning, moaning. They're like, this girl is popping off. Where are the boys in the DMs now? In America, we do love to moan though. Let me just put that out there. I am dying. <laughs> Okay, what do you call it then? Complaining. I think obviously more groaning. Groaning. <laughs> groaning. I think groaning sounds worse. It's an ugly word now yeah. that we say it out yeah, loud. But like groaning is what we call moaning, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> okay, stop complaining. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> more moaning. <laughs> Everybody be out there moaning. We're going to walk by like a cute group of girls and they're all just moaning at each other, making these sex noises. I heard Roxy on this podcast. She said, more moaning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh God, Lord! Back on, um, back on. Step six. Step six. <laughs> Turn envy into inspiration. So Ooh. step six is if we carry on this theme of an abundant mindset, the opposite of that is a scarcity mindset. So a scarcity mindset says there's not enough to go around. So what envy says is if you have something, it might mean less for me coming from that scarcity mindset. But envy is really interesting because it also shows us what needs healing, um, what wounds are still there, and also what we potentially want more of in our life. Can you talk more to that? Because I find that like perspective on envy so powerful for yeah. someone to not shame themselves for feeling those feelings and instead take it as inspiration yeah. and something to dive into. I think it, that's really important because... With envy, I think there is so much shame around feeling it, especially if we feel it about one of our friends. Mm. You know, if a friend comes and tells us a really good piece of news or we're on social media and we see all these like celebrations or all these highlights and then we get this pang of just feeling, you know, jealous and it can make us feel really horrible. And what happens then is that we often just dismiss it. But emotions have to go somewhere, you know, so they get stuck within us and they turn into resentment or they come up in another way unless we're able to actually process them and let them out. So the first thing is to really actually build that awareness. You know, so much of this is about awareness being aware when you're feeling envious, when that's coming up for you and not judging it, being able to just observe it and allow it to show you what it needs to show you. So whether that is, okay, let's say a confident girl walks through the room. I mean, honestly, nothing is more triggering to people than confidence. Mm. Okay, so confidence, girl walks in the room and perhaps you feel that like, ugh, perhaps you even start to judge that person. You know, oh, she's so off herself. Oh, she's so arrogant, you know, because actually that envy is being triggered. But can we stop and sit with that and just say, you know what, that's really showing me that I really desire that feeling. Mm. I really want to have, I want to possess that confidence. And what can I do to get there? And how can I now turn this envy into inspiration? So the inspiration is the antithesis of envy. It says you have something and I can have it too. So mm. we can then look at that girl that walks in the room confidently and say, oh, I love that. I can't mm. wait to feel that for myself. I feel like we endlessly feel with this work and I imagine you feel similar but it's the pause that we continue to take in all of the efforts that we're doing on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Like you having that moment to pause. We also were talking to a nutritionist and talking about the pause of understanding food cues and understanding if you're full or not. Like these pauses, I think we can go through life being like no pauses. Like I, I got to go. I have places to be. I have things to do. And I totally understand that there's a time and place for that. 
But the more that we can actually understand we do have time and to pause and actually have this conversation with ourselves of saying, hey, I know you're feeling envy. I know you're not feeling self-worthy or whatever it is. Let's pause and actually reflect and take a moment of just even being compassionate towards ourselves mm. and understanding everything that we have done to get to this place. Yeah, absolutely. I think something that I think I began and really have kind of become so well practiced at is just slowing down mm -hmm. and taking a second and not rushing, you know, and actually me and Drew were talking about the other day and I was saying that I used to be just like constantly in a rush all the time. So I'd be in the supermarket and I'd be rushing around to get everything and then rushing to get home and rushing to cook. And then suddenly I think one day I realized I was like, what am I rushing for? Like, why, I'm, why am I in such a rush? And it creates this kind of manic energy that you're constantly in. And definitely having a young son slows you down a lot because if you've ever tried to walk anywhere with a four-year-old, good luck. Like, you have to take it real slow. Patience. So, you know, you learn that patience. But actually, it's incredible. And, and things like meditation, you know, even five minutes a day, you are actually practicing the slowing down. So it's everything's feeding into each other. You're learning how to, exactly like you say, take that moment to pause, mm. to build self-awareness. And in that, you can create better decisions. You can react mm. in a different way. I always think all the bad things happen in a rush. Yeah, <laughs> You know, like all our bad decisions happen when we're like, in a rush. I mean, I make every bad decision when I'm fueled with emotion. It's so yeah. true. It's so true. Gosh, I feel like this year so much for us too is this craving of the stillness mm. and being with our thoughts. And even with our team, Sammy and I are always saying like, meditate on it. Like, mm. don't tell me now. Like truly, when you meditate on it, it has so much more meaning when you're able to process it and not just react. I do believe in these gut punches for some of us where we know it's a hell yes, we go with it. Yeah. But I do really think this slowing down, craving stillness, not burning out all the time and not really championing hustle culture. It's a beautiful thing to celebrate now. Let's be still. Let's take our time. Let's slow down and be so present. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love it too. Okay, number seven, let's finish strong. Step seven is trust in the universe. So manifesting is not actually about control. It's about knowing what you want and then letting it go. It's about surrender. And I always say that if somebody asked me what was my secret weapon, like why, was I, why am I so good at manifesting? Mm. It's because no matter what I want, I never obsess over it. I never emotionally attach to the outcome. So I want it. I know it's coming for me. I do the work I can and I let it go. I don't become obsessed with my goals. And when you do become obsessed, I think that turns into desperation. And desperation comes from fear and doubt, which is what is always going to block you from having what you want. And so I really encourage people, you know, when they're becoming obsessed with a goal, question why? Usually it's because you think that that goal is what's going to make you happy. But unfortunately... Goals don't make you happy, no. <laughs> contrary to our belief. And it's almost counterintuitive for somebody who's encouraging people to set these goals to say, oh, by the way, just so you know, when you get there, it's not going to bring you happiness. What goals do is they give us something to work towards. They give us a feeling of purpose, of motivation, of intention, of excitement. They give us a reason to wake up in the morning. And when we achieve them, we feel a fleeting sense of joy. Yes, we do. It's great. But that's really more of an adrenaline high. Okay. Mm. And we can feel proud of ourselves. That's a great feeling. That feeds into confidence. But happiness is actually found on the journey. 
You know, happiness is found in the hustle, in the graft, in the getting there. If we just had a perfect day every day over and over again, we would still suffer from mental health issues because our bodies would get, our minds and brains would get used to it. It's called habituation when you get desensitized to stimuli. So it's like when you listen to a really good song over and over and over again, and then you end up hating the song, right? right? So we need this journey. We need the ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And actually, when you can find this sense of happiness, no matter what is going on that for me is when you've really succeeded in life so even when things are hard you still know deep down you have confidence you still know deep down that better days are coming on the other side Mm -hmm. gosh so when someone is doing this step seven of letting go and they are writing out their goals Mm -hmm. I also want to talk about vision boarding because you absolutely changed the game for me and I've been doing my vision board completely wrong this entire time (laughs) and then I saw yours and I was like okay this makes more sense yeah but I want to talk about that but I feel like the letting go part is fascinating to me because I feel like even for a vision board, for example, we stare at it every day or maybe we look at our bullet points every day. Mm-hmm. How do you have this energy of someone's like, OK, I'm going to take this step of writing out my goals. And then what do I do mm. post writing out those goals and letting go? What exactly does that look like? So this is why I tell everybody put, to put their vision boards away. Like mm. it, that's the representation of it. You're not supposed to look at them every day. You know what you want. You set your intention. Your subconscious, by the way, is just going to do that for you. So when you regularly visualize your goals or you've made your vision board and you have that, that idea really specific, just the subconscious part of your brain, which is 95% of your brain's activity, is just going to get to work for you. So you don't really need to worry about it to that extent. Right? 95%. Yeah, of our brain's activity, oh which is gosh. unbelievable. And by the way, we're just creatures of habit in what we do, what we think, what we say. You know, we, that's why we need to do this work to create change and we have to become really conscious of everything that's going on. But once you've done that, then you get to work on inner healing, on doing what you can today to get you closer, taking those steps, you know, one step at a time, whatever it is, stepping outside your comfort zone, committing to your daily habits, your daily routines, making sure that you're dealing with challenges in the right way, embracing gratitude, sitting in that abundant mindset, you know, turning envy to inspiration when it's coming up and knowing that when you've done all of that, you will end up where you're meant to be. So with the vision board, because mm-hmm. in listening to so much of your goodness, I see these really cute vision boards on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But after hearing you loud and clear, it is so much more about setting these intentions. It doesn't need to be a physical representation with a visual. It really right. is writing out these specific very specific things that you see down the line in your future. And I think that was a weight lifted for me in that I can fine tune that all day long. Like I know where I want to go, but I have to dream big and put it like pen Mm -hmm. to paper. And I love that practice. But this other side of cutting out pictures from a magazine, I'm like, what if the magazine doesn't have, you know, Sammy Nye's name in Forbes? (laughs) Because it doesn't exist yet. Exactly. So I... Definitely. I was getting tagged in so many vision boards and realizing that people weren't making vision boards. They were making mood boards. A mood board is like an inspiration board. You can have pretty pictures. You can make it look nice. Great. That's not a vision board. A vision board is a really clear representation of what you want your life to look like with really specific goals. So my vision boards are just written lists. Now, some people are particularly visual, so they might want to add pictures to that. But you can't only have pictures. You need to have written down exactly what you want. You need to be as specific as possible because you can't have these wide goals. Otherwise, your subconscious doesn't know where to go, like how to get there. You, You need that specificity. 
I also love that you bring up your son. And I think that, you know, Sammy and I are not moms yet. But how have you practice manifestation with your son? And I know you even have another book with manifesting for kids. I just think that there's so much of like reigniting our imagination as adults, Mm. but kids have that already within them. So how do you do that with your son? So the main thing that I've done with Wolfie is two things. So the first is that I give him a safe space to express the full spectrum of emotions. So when he is feeling angry, I really help him to like validate that emotion. So firstly, I'll say, how are you feeling? Are you feeling angry? What do you need? Not, oh my God, stop being angry. Shut up. Don't, you know, and scold him for those expressions. I mean, kids are so full of emotion. Like, I feel so Mm. sorry for them. Like, it's so hard for them to understand, like, what am I feeling? Mm. What is happening? So it's giving him that space to feel them all. And even now, now that he's four, you know, he'll come up to me and he goes, mommy, I'm feeling angry because, or I'm Mm. feeling sad, you know. He's going to be the most woke adult (laughs) on this planet. He's like, let me teach you something about emotion. Which is your feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the other thing that I've done with him since he could communicate is do a gratitude practice with him. So every night before bed, I say to him, what was the best thing that happened today? And then he tells me and then I tell him something else. And then I say, can you tell me something else? And then he says, and I said, tell me something else and keep going. And then I'll tell him my favorite things of the day. And on top of that, you know, whenever we're anywhere, I'm always expressing gratitude in front of him. So he's learning. But you absolutely see the effect it's had on him because he is so positive. Bless him. He's always like, this smells incredible. This is so soft. Oh, I love this. Like, he's so I'm just picturing your four-year-old little Wolfie with a British accent being grateful all over. He's so cute. Do you do affirmations with him as well? No, he's still a boy. He's still a little boy. And I'm like, baby, I'm like, say I am strong. He's like, hmm. He's He's like, like, I know I'm strong, mama. He's like, whatever, mom. (laughs) Stop being weird. (laughs) Like, there's a limit. Yeah. (laughs) I love, I feel like, I know we've talked about affirmations, but I feel like they are the entrance into people stepping into this, again, this whole entire world. So when I know you said to do them in the morning, you do yours, and then you do them at night. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like I've started to do them even during the day. Like, I'll pause and take a second, or before I walk into a room that I know I'm going to be doing something. And so what is like, I guess, if you were to encourage someone to step into affirmations, Mm. how often should they dive into these affirmations? What are the affirmations? Should they write their own? Should they listen to yours, for example, on forms? Like, what is this journey of stepping into self-talk? Because I feel like, gosh, it is just such a game changer to start there of really the way you speak to yourself makes such a difference. So there's two parts because I think the affirmation meditations, like you have to be realistic. Like in the middle of the day, you're probably not going to press play on a meditation. Like, unless Unless you really have that luxury of being able to find a quiet place and do that. Most people don't. You know, they're going to start their day with it or end their day with it, which is fantastic. But day to day, just using affirmations and repeating them to yourself, you can do all the time. And uh, once again, we come back to that awareness. Once you become aware of your self-talk, you can replace a thought with an affirmation whenever you need. So mm-hmm. remember, you can only have one thought at a time. So if you're starting to spiral, let's say you've just left a room full of people and suddenly you go, oh my God, I made such a fool of myself. What do they think mm-hmm. of me? And that whole, that you know, that whole cycle of paranoia comes. You can just pause it in its tracks and say something like, I am enough as I am. 
I love the person that I am becoming. Gosh, this you is know. ringing so true. I was talking my friend through a breakup. What are the ones that you would recommend to like your best girlfriend who's going through a breakup or someone listening that might be feeling that? Because coming back to your self-worth oh my God. during that time, I think, gosh. Relationships spark the most. Absolutely. Yeah, but you will never heal more or discover mm. more about yourself than through a breakup. I could not. Yeah. There is actually nothing more powerful than heartbreak mm. to catapult yeah. you to the next stage of your life. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. So one, like, I am enough. I've always been enough. I am worthy of unconditional love. I respect the person that I am. Because again, we have to build, especially if that's been chipped away during a relationship, that feeling of self-respect. I love the right person is coming for me or is met, I will meet the person of my dreams, you know, anything mm -hmm. that's really about hope and self-worth and self-love. And especially, I love what you said that you use them before you do something important. Mm -hmm. I, before any big event, if I feel nervous, I just say, I am calm, I am safe, I am grounded. And remember, your subconscious is just trusting it to be true. Anything you tell it, it will believe. And as, yeah, the more that you repeat it to yourself, the more that it starts to turn to, would it start to turn to that self-talk rather than maybe the yeah. non-encouragement You start before. to change some of those thoughts. You start to change some of those patterns. I mean, when I tell you 2024, like the way I speak to myself, even just as of recently, it's, I would have, say I've had the least amount of negative self-talk than I ever have in my life. Wow. And it's been actually a massive shift since even just a few months ago. It was like a penny just dropped. Wow. And what do you think the switch, was it because doing the practice? Yeah, just committing. So you know, last year was a very healing year for me. I mean, January 2023, I basically had a breakdown. I mean, I was mm -hmm. not in a good place. We won't go into it all now. But, you know, I committed to the work and I did all the little things and I had self-awareness and I used affirmations and I tried hypnotherapy and I dug deep into the wounds and it, it pays off. I'm just so proud of you, too, Aww. with where you're at in your Thank journey. You. And even hearing you as the queen of manifestation saying that there are still moments where you're like, oh, shit. And then now you're at this beautiful place of all of this amazing self-talk. And yeah. just to hear the humanness within you is such a gift. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I honestly am really excited for people to, especially at the top of the year with this episode, to just understand that they can have the life that they want. And I think our mind can be a really hard thing to work with. And mm. the beautiful thing that you have just shown is that it is possible and that they are so deserving of that through this manifestation that is so connected to self-worth, self-development. So I am so grateful for your heart and you Aww. doing this magical work <laughs> that we now get to feel and do ourselves. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Roxy. Please let everyone know where they can find you and listen to your affirmations and read your books and just better themselves. Oh, on the form app, obviously. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And um, yeah, www.roxynefuc.com. I have a whole collection of meditations and affirmations as well. And her mm -hmm. book, you guys, that changed my life. So yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, guys. Love you, Roxy. We love you so love much. You. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. You listening to this episode is you saying yes to creating the dream life you absolutely deserve. As always, we want to hear from you all about what you want to hear next. Definitely let us know on Instagram at Sammy Clark and at Sammy Spalter. And if you want to follow us for more updates, follow at Transform. See you next week. 
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.